1: While you're there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's a jam-packed week. Some fantastic guests, lots of information for you. You don't want to miss a minute of it. We've got some tips for you, employment tips at the end of the program. So uh, every time I hear that intro song, I smile because I, I love it. I'm an entrepreneur and I love uh, to encourage entrepreneurship, but it certainly is a great intro for my very first guest on the program this evening. Corlin Cofield is the owner and advisor of Cofield Advisors. He his, is very, very dedicated to helping specifically millennials take a holistic approach to financial planning and advising, helping them become Millionaires or frankly any goals. Um Carlin, it's a pleasure to have you on the program. Welcome to get down to business.
2: Thank you, Shalom. Happy to uh, happy to be here, man.
1: Absolutely. So uh we had uh we had fun the other day uh watching uh watching the horses race and um (laughs) and it's great uh when when millennials can get to that point that they have some money to play around with, but you don't want to play around too much. Carlin, you must have a personal story of why you do what you do and how you do it so well. Uh, tell me a little bit about yourself.
2: Um, well, yeah. So I have undergraduate and master's degree in accounting. i also a CPA and a PFS, which is a personal financial specialist. So that's kind of my background. Um, I, how I got started, how I started in wealth advisors is I'll try to make a long story short. Um, a lot of my colleagues, I, work, I saw worked in accounting and finance for a while, and a lot of my colleagues were young, but we, you know, we made a good money, but they always had like financial stress and financial uncertainty, so, You know, whether that was enormous credit card debt or not knowing how to restructure their student loans or anything of that nature. And they would always come to me because they knew I had the specialty. Um, and they really felt like they had nowhere else to go. And as you may know, a lot of these big companies, I won't name any names, but they have these huge AUM minimums, which basically mean if you don't have five figures, liquid cash to invest with them, they're not talking to you. Um, so I wanted to start a firm where I could work with millennials and give them the advice and help that they need without these restrictions. So... That's wow. how
1: I started. Uh, That's fantastic. So uh, a lot of financial advisors only want to work with people that, uh, frankly, have a lot of money in the bank and a lot of money to, uh, for lack of a better term, play around with. Is that how Cofield Advisors works? Uh, who, uh, w- who's your ideal client?
2: Absolutely not. So my ideal household, my household range from 70000 an annual to maybe about 400000 500000 Um, And that's income. That's not investable assets. The biggest problem with millennials is that they don't have the time that a 55-year-old has to accumulate all these assets. But they do have expendable income. Now, helping them prioritize whether income should go is huge. It could be tremendous to building that nest egg for the future.
1: Oh, absolutely. So I know uh, on your website, which, of course, we're going to share with our listeners to make sure that they can uh, get to know you, learn a little bit about your background and so on. so you pride yourself I know on uh, on how you work and as you just mentioned, working with everybody um, but you have a few different sort of packages um, but you pride yourself on being a uh, a fee based uh, financial advisor. what's the difference why uh, why is that unique and why should that matter to your uh, to your clients and and the community at large?
2: Well, so there's fee-only, there's fee-based, and then there's commission. So basically, it all comes down to conflict of interest. Um, people that are not fee-only or fee-based, they get paid by outside brokers. So if Fidelity is going to pay you to put as many people in their fund, so you have a conflict of interest, with are doing within the client's best interest or within your best interest to get paid the most. What I wanted to do is eliminate all conflict of interest so that my client knows 100% that I am working for them, and I'm only paid by them. So that takes all the competencies out the door and us, allows us to build a great, trustworthy relationship.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. And uh, so you have, um, you have worked really, really hard, and you clearly have fun in helping your clients um, quite a bit. You write a, a fantastic blog on your website. Uh, the most recent blog is How to Become a Millionaire um, on Accident, and and I love that title um, because uh, hey, who doesn't uh, who doesn't think about it? Um, so tell me a little bit about sort of your your strategy and, and your approach. Or do you consider yourself to be in a, a risk taker? Uh, or and this might be more of a personal uh, an, anecdote and, and personal sort of reflection. Do you consider yourself to be a risk taker? Are you more conservative in your approach and and how you how you work in general?
2: Um, well, I, I don't know if I say risk versus. Um Uh, Conservative, but I would say I'm definitely I definitely believe in a passive investing approach, and that's that's basically people investing in low cost index funds ETFs because what that does is it just tracks the market, right? You're not trying to beat the market, you're trying to get the market, and it's very easy to do. And the most misunderstood thing about investing is fees. Um, Mutual funds and some of these actively managed funds have huge fees, and I don't know if you if you know this, but a one percent fee on a fund over thirty years takes twenty six percent of your portfolio, wow, wow, so if you have a million dollars, I think like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars and it's just fees alone so that 's my investing approach is passive low cost because I want my clients to get the most that they can uh, from their investment
1: so let 's talk millennials uh, Carla. I I, I, uh, I I get depressed sometimes when I see statistics about about millennials, and I think that that often uh, people have this conversation millennials have a conversation about well, it's too early. I don't have enough money right now. It's not the right time to sort of start the conversation about saving and put, putting aside money. I've got certain goals. I've got certain things I want to do with my life. And I'll have that conversation when I, and then they fill in the blank of a certain age or a certain milestone in, in some way. Carlin, what advice do you have for a millennial, for an entrepreneur that might be listening to the program, thinking, again, that the time is right now? What, what advice can you share?
2: Um, it's never too early to start. And that and that, I'm actually great, heavily happy you brought that up because the, the hardest part of my job is undoing the past 100 years of, that the industry has done and built itself on, like financial planning and advising is only for old people. But, like, if you catch somebody young and give them the proper tools to, you know, get up, update their financial literacy and save and invest and do these right things, you can make such a bigger impact on their lives than you could somebody that's 57, Right. Uh, compound interest, best friend of time so it's never too early um, I would recommend starting as early as possible and once I explain that they kind of they kind of get on board because you, you know it's not about the money you have it's about the the mindset because it's not how much money you make it's how much money you keep
1: uh, that's that's true and it's it's always fascinating I mean I enjoy reading and I, I see all these articles and and Sometimes the approach is shaming people into, you know, feeling bad. Like, oh, I didn't do this. I I've been spending three dollars on a cup of coffee, and and that money could have turned <laughs> into something. And and th- that's a very valid point that that money could have been well spent. It sounds like Corlin, you take a very positive and a very call it inspirational approach in in helping people wherever you're at, whatever age, wherever you're at financially, whether you have. A hundred dollars or a hundred thousand dollars, we can make. We can do something with 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 that money.
2: Yes, and um, the, you know, like it's a big misconception is that like you know we're not here to shame people, right? So much of my job is psychological, right? It's not sure. like you spend three hundred. It's, it's, it's not like you spend three hundred dollars on shoes. It's like why and what are you willing to sacrifice? Like is vacation sure. is important. Well, we'll we'll keep vacationing, but you know we'll sacrifice some other place. So it's so psychological and it really. It's just changing someone's mindset and their behavior, but it's definitely, definitely not shaming because you are not identified by your past financial decisions.
1: Sure. Well, you're clearly the the a great messenger um, for this, and you can relate um, because uh, this is who you are, and I know you've got a very interesting story. Um, we are quickly running out of time, and I want to make sure that people can Uh, learn more uh, about you, Cortland Cofield, again, um, and get in touch real soon. So how can people find out more and how can people contact you?
2: Um, Well, they can go to cofieldadvisors.com, C-O-F-I-E-L-D-A-D-V-I-S-O-R-S. ORS.com, and um, to schedule a consultation, my phone number, and contact email is on my website, and I work with clients all around the world, virtually. So it's not just like Chicago, it's sure. I have clients in seven different states. So, yeah, just reach out and then you know, we'll, we'll talk.
1: That's fantastic. CofieldAdvisors.com um, Really appreciate your time um, on the program, and certainly we'll uh, we'll stay in touch to continue to get your advice in the future.
2: All right, man, have a great day. Thanks for having Absolutely. me Absolutely.
1: Well, very appropriate that we had uh, Corlin Cofield on the program because my next guest Jeff Williams um, he is with biz starters and he is actually uh, focusing quite a bit on uh, on on another age range and we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, after the break so uh, Chicago don't touch that dollar you're listening to get down to business the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship as always i encourage you to get in touch with our uh, sponsors tandem hr your solution center tandemhr.com give them a call 6309280510630 Nine two eight zero five one zero. Give them a call. They'll give you a free consultation uh, to talk about HR. And as I mentioned at the end of the program, I'm going to be sharing some employment tips, HR tips. You don't want to miss it. Chicago, don't touch that You listen, to get down to business. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We just talked about millennials, but now we're going to talk about aspiring business owners over the age of 50, mostly baby boomers. So I'm thrilled to be joined here in studio by Jeff Williams, an award-winning business coach and the founder of bizstarters.com. Jeff, welcome to the program.
3: Thank you, Shalom. Glad to be here.
1: Absolutely. So, you have been writing for Forbes, and 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 you've been published by a number of different uh, by a number of different outlets talking about this very important demographic. Um, and uh, you say uh, that uh, that some uh, some baby boomers are the perfect entrepreneurs, and you are committed to helping them grow and develop their business. Tell us your story.
3: Well, when I was 39 years old, I was 18 years into a corporate career as a marketing guy and realized that it really wasn't going where I wanted to go. I always had a lot of good ideas and it was really hard to get my superiors to act upon them. So I spent about a year going through ideas on a flip chart in my basement. And every time I would come up with an idea that appealed to me, I realized that it had to do with teaching and training, something that I've been doing since I was 15 years old. So I... um Came up with the idea of helping my fellow boomers start businesses and launch my first company in 1989, uh, a walk-in entrepreneurial training center in Skokie, Illinois.
1: Oh, That's fantastic. So, Biz Starters, um, you, as mentioned, are committed to helping uh, boomers. You've you've helped many, many hundreds of businesses of boomers turn good ideas into great businesses. What is your approach? Um, let's start with what is the who is that perfect uh, individual that, that, that you can work with and you can really help them turn their ideas into a reality?
3: Well, typically our um, average client is 55 to 62 years old, has been successful in the corporate world, and is usually within one year or less of preparing to leave the corporate world, but they're not ready to stop working completely. We are the bridge from their life as a corporate employment employee to being an entrepreneur and we uh, take them from a business skill a hobby or a good uh, product idea and get them into a fully functioning business in less than 90 days
1: Jeff you and I both know people that um, that fall into that age bracket that that fall into that exact description of having been in the corporate world but they are not ready to retire are those the people that you're looking
3: for Yes, uh boomers, as I predicted a long time ago, are not going to retire like our parents did. You know they're not going to check out at age sixty two and, and live a life of leisure for thirty years. Many can't afford to do it, and many intellectually don't want to do that so we uh we play to that uh interest in continuing to do something we show them how to. Turn a skill into an income stream in the marketplace.
1: So you are a top-notch business coach. Uh, let's talk about that coaching process. Many of your uh, clients, if I call them that, are, uh, are very well accomplished in their own corporate careers, but they only know one, uh, probably one specific, they're probably an expert in finance or in marketing or in one specific area. You're pretty well-rounded. Let's talk about that coaching approach and how long it lasts. What Walk us through the process.
3: Well, first of all, we review the concept that the client is bringing to us. And in about 40% of the uh, situations, we need to do, go through a two- or three-week process to really kind of help them figure out what's the market demand and how would we go about turning this skill or interest into an income. The other 60% know pretty clearly what they want to do. Now, we work on two par- parallel tracks. Um, I have uh, licensed a series of coaches around the United States to assist me. The coach works with the client for 14 to 16 weeks to create the marketing strategy and the sales prospecting strategy. At the same time, I have a support team here in Chicago that's doing all the organizational work, getting the website design, getting the logo, getting the business cards, getting the legal setup, installing QuickBooks accounting software. So those two parallel processes permit us to launch someone in less than six, in less than 90 days, and uh, a and fully functioning business.
1: It's uh, it's a fantastic process and and a, a really great hand holding uh, commitment uh, for somebody that might be very uncertain about uh, uh, about the about what it means to be a business owner. Um, so as you mentioned, you can work with businesses all over. Uh, I know at this point you already have a lot of success stories. Without using names, or feel free to use names if you're comfortable uh, doing that. Uh, tell us about some of the success stories and and. Uh, and and folks that uh, probably are proud of the results and who they have become?
3: Well, I would say number one is a gentleman named Ken. At age 52, his large corporate employer came in and laid off the whole department. He was a health and safety expert in a large manufacturing situation. Well, he had decided that it was time to take uh, his future into his own hands. I met him about this time. And within three months, we helped him launch a health and safety consulting company, he just retired last fall after nine years of running the company. He was doing about $200,000 a year and working from his den and his home in Evanston, Illinois. Uh, that's amazing.
1: And uh, you mentioned three months. So three months is something that I've heard you say in the past, uh, 90 days. Is that, uh, is that the, uh, the, the, the secret uh, formula, how long it takes to, uh, to coach somebody and get them started?
3: Well, it varies a little bit by client, but I will tell you that uh, there are marketers out there who tell you you can start a business from a one-weekend workshop. You just cannot do that. <laughs> I agree. It, it takes longer than that. But what we don't want to have happen is we don't want our clients to go into a stall And now it's three, four, five months in, and they still don't have the business ready. There's absolutely no reason for that to happen. So 90 days is a nice middle ground in getting them going.
1: What about after 90 days? Do they still have support and uh, and access uh, to you and your team?
3: Yes. I mean, if they need more than 90 days to launch because of some unexpected circumstance, we'll certainly give them that time. But also... Our um, coaching package includes six monthly check-in calls with the coach for the first six months after you launch the business. So you're not all by yourself once you launch the company. And quite honestly, I become friends with most of our clients, and I still talk to clients who launched seven, eight, or, eight, or nine years ago. Wow. And how many people have gone through the Biz Starters program? More than yeah. 750. Wow. Uh,
1: amazing. So uh, is there any one particular industry that you work with or any industries that you wouldn't work with?
3: Well, we don't work in brick-and-mortar retail very often, and that's because it's, it's expensive to start. And to tell you the truth, most people who want to go into brick-and-mortar retail will buy a franchise, which is a completely different path than we provide. But other than that, we've had all kinds of industries, all kinds of skill sets. I'd say about twenty uh, percent of our startups last year were people turning a hobby into a business. So it's not just uh, necessarily a work skill; it could also be a life interest.
1: So uh, the the employment numbers came out uh, just a week ago, and there's a lot of jobs that are out there. But many many folks uh, are choosing not to uh, not to work the traditional in the traditional setting anymore. Um, so aside for folks that may be moving on from the corporate world, there may be people that, that, that choose either they were laid off or they, they might choose uh, that transition uh, early. Uh, you got into this in, a, uh, in an interesting point, but now now you've watched the economy, you've watched uh, you've watched the job market change. Tell us what has changed in your years of, of running uh, biz starters and, and and what where you predict things going over the coming years.
3: Well, first of all, there's a major financial change in the United States, and that is that very few of uh, managers who are 50 years old today are going to get a traditional pension. That's the first big change here. People are having to figure out their retirement based on a 401K, k. very confusing, perplexing situation. So I think more and more people are realizing they can't just lock and load the pension, and that's all they're ever going to do. They know they need another income stream, and that's one big change. The second one, of course, is technology. Uh, we virtually can provide uh, the very same technology and website design and social media marketing, the same one that Fortune 500 corporations use. So there really isn't uh, a big difference between a small business and large business in terms of technology today.
1: Uh, fascinating information. Great advice. Once again, Jeff Williams, the, uh, the master business coach from Biz Starters, helping uh, boomers, get their businesses starters started at Biz Starters. Um, So Jeff, I want to make sure that our listeners know where they can learn more. How can people contact you and get started in the Biz Starters coaching process?
3: Yes, just go to Biz Starters, B-I-Z-S-T-A-R-T-E-R-S. My phone number is at the top left of every page, and on the top right is an orange button where you can request a free call with me to talk about where you are now and where you want to go. Uh,
1: great information for baby boomers and uh, and and really for everybody else. Uh, you could work uh, with Jeff and his team from anywhere in the country. I uh, would strongly recommend check it out, bizstarters.com and you can learn more. Coming up after the headlines and a quick break, we'll be talking more about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Yes, indeed, there are more. Um, we've got another guest coming up on the program. I've got tips, advice, and information. Check out our sponsors, TandemHR.com. Give them a call, 630-928-0510. And you get on my website, ShalomKlein.com. We'll be back in just a moment and Get Down to Business. Welcome back to Get Down to Business. Uh, coming up, um, I'm going to be joined by... Uh, Mark Oman, the founder and CEO of Extra PC. Um, it should be a, a really interesting conversation. Um, but um, later on in the program, I'm going to be sharing employment tips. But for now, I wanted to uh, to talk a little bit about some business tips. Um, so I have a memory, but the memory is vague. I was visiting someone somewhere and the television was on, the talk show discussion was about marriage, and it drifted around me, a dull conversation, um, like a hum, and then, uh, like an unexpected tap on my shoulder, I heard this line, and I jotted it down, and I remembered it as I was preparing for the show today. Uh, It said that when you're not communicating, it doesn't matter who's right or wrong. Someone has to be the hero and get the conversation started. This is valuable advice, and it doesn't just apply to marriage. Uh, shameless, uh, well, a disclosure, I am not a marriage counselor. Uh, Some might say that I'm more of a business counselor. Um, I try to do that every week. It's what builds strong business relationships too with prospects, clients, and suppliers. Let me read that again. When you're not communicating, it doesn't matter who's right or wrong. Someone has to be the hero and get the conversation started. So how does this advice apply to your business relationships? How can you start using it right now? The word hero I looked up dates back to the 14th century, and its definition includes defender, protector, one who exhibits great, great bravery, and one who has done great service. We defend and protect our relationships when we communicate effectively. We exhibit bravery when we continue to reach out to those who are busy, preoccupied, or overwhelmed. And we are of great service when we take time to update and share information with others. Take, for example, These statements, which we often tell ourselves, well, I sent her an email and I never heard back, so I guess she's not interested, or I called and left a message, so now it's up to them to let me know what they want to do next, or I haven't really done anything on the project yet, so there's no point in sending them an update. In every case, we're deciding not to communicate, and then if the project doesn't get completed on time or if the sale doesn't close, if someone is disappointed, it isn't really our fault because we're waiting for someone else to say something, right? yikes so here's a recent example from my world the client and i agreed that i would have a certain slide a certain presentation to them by mid-march for our april training several things had me behind schedule and i was feeling a little bit uncomfortable rather than wait and see if they noticed i sent a short email a quick note said i haven't forgotten about you at all i'm working a draft of the powerpoint and aim to have it to you by next week my client replied very simply Thanks for the update and shared with me some new research to improve both the slide deck and the presentation examples like that occur to me all the time. People appreciate the communication. Not always. Can you provide the updates that they want to hear? They always appreciate communication. They always appreciate knowing exactly where things are and knowing the time frame. Another example, a proposal for a certain uh, talk I was going to give had not yet been approved. There were some meetings, emails, phone calls, but still no decision. If I assume the answer is no, then I've definitely lost the business. Instead, I left a short voicemail to follow up, letting them know that they can reach me with any questions and I'll send an email that includes the statement. How is that training we discussed fitting in with your current priorities? When you have a moment, let me know what information you need And what works best for you? My clients always reply, thanks so much for following up. And then they let me know the next steps. It really, really works. Um, There are, um, there's some great uh, advice on the subject of time management um, that's available on my website, shalomkline.com. I've spoken about this many, many times. I've said this line in the past and many of our listeners have probably become uh, tired of hearing it from me. I like being the one nudging people and not the one being nudged. That's right. I like being the one that has certain projects on my calendar and I'm the one reminding people. People appreciate that communication and people appreciate even when the update is not exactly what they uh, what they wanted the full update to be. They want to know where things are. So again, I want to recap uh, the what I would recommend that you do when you're, when you Uh, You could do a phone call and you can, if necessary, leave a message and let people know I'm working on XYZ. Or you can send an email saying something like a quick note to say I haven't forgotten about you at all. Updates like that really make a world of difference. And uh, again, don't fool yourself into those statements that I mentioned earlier about saying, well, I sent an email and I haven't heard back and assume that they're not interested. I called and left a message, so now it's up to them, or I haven't really done anything yet and there's no point in sending the update. In all of those situations, you're the one that's at fault. You're the one that needs to jump on The bandwagon and be the one being proactive. You know, they say that the busy ones only get busier. That's because the busy people understand that you have to be proactive. And uh, you'll find that often the most successful politicians are the ones that understand. How to build relationships? How to get out there? And seemingly they're everywhere. Seemingly they're they're having the short conversation. That's all that it takes is a short conversation that helps build those relationships. So give it a try. In the upcoming week, try those conversations. Try providing those updates. Let me know how it goes. I'm always looking for your feedback, your updates, and your recommendations about what works for you in your day-to-day life. And by the way, the same thing holds true in the job search as well. Send quick updates, ping people. People appreciate the communication. People appreciate the updates. I want to know what you think. Check out my website, shalomkline.com. There's a quick link where you can uh, contact me and let me know how these sort of things are working out for you. Well, coming up on the program, as promised, I've got Mark Oman, the founder and CEO of Extra PC. Um, fascinating, uh, company, fascinating CEO. You don't want to miss that conversation. So Chicago, don't touch the dial. You're listening to the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. And we are going to be right back. Hi, welcome back to Get Down to Business. Thrilled to be joined by the founder and CEO of Extra PC. Mark Amon, thanks so much for joining us on Get Down to Business. Welcome to the program.
0: Thank you, Shalom. Really glad to be here. Absolutely. So, Mark,
1: um, I love to get to know the the person uh, behind the business and behind the interview. Uh, Tell me a little bit about your story and how you got to the point where you are now the founder and CEO of this fantastic company, which we'll talk a little bit more about.
0: Well, thanks. Uh, you know, we love to talk about our company. We love to talk about our our story. Uh, appreciate the chance to do that. You know, our story—it's about five years. Our company now, uh, uh, five years old. Uh, I was a uh, executive at uh, Hewlett Packard and uh, Agilent Technologies. My whole career, decades working, and. Uh, I uh, had a great time, a great career. I was a global procurement guy. I had a wonderful team of people around the world. And, uh, you know, that kind of took its toll on me. And After a while, I finally said, you know what, I think it's time to retire. I was uh, approaching 60 years old and thought, I'm going to retire. Mm-hmm. And my wife and I decided to move to a, uh, a small community here on the prairie of Colorado that uh, we'd uh, originally come from. And you know, I thought my life was going to be then uh, kind of a life of ease. take it easy, play golf and uh read and uh, go fishing. you know all the things that you look forward to and you think you look forward to in retirement
1: well evidently that but, wasn't uh, that wasn't meant to be because you are uh, you're probably working harder than you've ever worked before
0: <laughs> absolutely. I thought you know hey uh, it was hard before it's much more difficult now. But yeah, uh, after I'd always wanted to uh, uh, start my own business, and particularly with uh, with my kids and my son. Uh, uh, about that time, he uh, he had an opportunity to to uh, work with me, and we'd always talked about starting some kind of an IT business if we ever got a chance to do that. So a lot of things came together that I said, you know what, this is the time to do it. And my wife was very supportive of that. And so we started this business, Extra PC, the whole idea being here to uh, actually have it be a family business that would last beyond um, just a few years, kind of an enduring family business is the vision that we have. So
1: let's let's talk about that vision. Let's talk about uh, Extra PC. You are uh, accomplishing something great for 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 businesses and for organizations, but also, uh, frankly, for the environment as well. Uh, Tell us a little bit about the the mission or the vision of Extra PC and what you do.
0: Yeah, it's very simple. Uh, We have a little device, a little gadget that actually makes a computer like new, both Windows and um, a Mac computer. Uh, Very inexpensive, starts at $35. And so you can take any computer... It doesn't even have to have a hard drive, and you can make it like it's uh, a new computer.
1: Uh, that's amazing. Um, incredible technology. Um, was it uh, you and your son that came up with that with that concept and that idea?
0: Well, we came up with the idea, and fortunately we also have my son-in-law who joined us who had all of the ability to uh, develop the code and, and take the open source. We actually use a Linux-based system to do this. So he joined us, and he came up with the idea of doing that. It turns out there's about a billion old computers still in use. So you talked about the environment. That was one of the big drivers for us. Both, uh, all of us in our, our family have, have worked in IT and, and realized this cycle of buying new computers. You use them for a while, whether it's personal or business, and you end up having to throw them away. Well, what if there was a way not to have to throw them away? Because, as we all know, there is no way; it goes into you know a landfill or whatever. And so, what if you could use those billion computers, make them useful? And that was the idea behind Extra PC. So, we came up with uh, the simple technology to make this work, and uh, we've now been at it about uh, we've had this product out about three years now. Oh, so fantastic!
1: Through almost, almost four years and uh, uh, Extra PC. So you're. Uh, as we said earlier, you're helping the environment, you're helping, you're helping uh, companies that uh, companies uh, primarily who are our are, are, are listeners, entrepreneurs that have old PCs and, and turn them into new again. Um, it's a great story and it's a great family business. So let's talk about some of the success stories you hear from your, from your clients on, 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 on the results or the outcomes. I'm assuming people are happy with, uh, with uh, saving money.
0: Well, there's a lot of advantages. Saving money is one of the big ones. Uh, obviously, for all of us in small businesses, which I think most of your uh, yep. listeners are, the, uh, we all face the resource challenge With there's never enough money, there's never enough people to get done everything we need to do. And we have uh, so many people that tell us that uh, they had uh, an old computer and what this allowed them to do is not have to go spend that one or two thousand dollars on a new computer, put that into something that is um, more important, and actually run use it to uh, to run their business. Well, you got, got to feel really good about
1: that. Um, you've got oh, to feel I feel Really good about that. And uh, you, you guys have been featured in Yahoo, Lifehacker, NBC, Ministry Tech, lots of great places. It's a small device. It's affordable, and it saves money. So there's a lot of great success stories that come as an outcome. Uh, Mark, we are running out of time, and I do want to make sure that people can really get uh, a, get on your website and learn more about the product and read more about your story, True Family Business. Mark, I'm on. how can people get a hold of you and your family?
0: Well, we're at, uh, on the web, www.extra-pc.com. That's dash p c. Dot .com you can hear, you can read our story you can uh, see the picture or the uh, product in use and uh, we think it's a product that everybody can find useful
1: absolutely and there's several different uh, USBs, uh, several different solutions uh, from extra pc you can learn all about them on the website extra-pc.com Check it out. Marco Man, the founder and CEO. Thanks so much for joining us. We will be uh, staying in touch and following your story and sharing your story with our listeners. Thanks so much for joining us. Coming up after the break, we're going to be talking about something really important about employment. You don't want to miss a Chicago or Listen, get down to business. And now it's time for your business tip of the week, which can be heard daily on the morning show at 730 a.m. Right here on AM 560, the answer So we've uh, chatted with some fantastic guests, learned a lot about business, um, but as promised, it's time to share a bit of an employment tip that uh, I think is very relevant and certainly very, very timely uh, in this day and age. What do Roger Ailes, Matt Lauer, Bill O'Reilly, Harvey Weinstein, Kevin Spacey, Mark Halperin, what do they all have in common? We've seen over a dozen high-profile sexual harassment cases in the media over the past year. Victims began the Me Too movement in late 2017. A hashtag has been used on social media to demonstrate the widespread prevalence of sexual assault and harassment, especially in the workplace. In fact, 85% of women claim that they have been sexually harassed at work, according to the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, the EEOC. This issue has forced business owners and lawmakers to ask themselves what businesses can do to prevent sexual harassment in the workplace. Before discussing ways to properly address the issue, let's take a look at how the law defines sexual harassment. Sexual harassment is the behavior of a sexual nature, sexual advances or requests for sexual favors that are unwanted by the target. The harassment can either be verbal or physical in nature, and the law also includes offensive remarks about a person's sex. For example, it's illegal to harass a woman, but making offensive comments about women in general. The victim or their harasser can be either a man or a woman. It's important to note that there's no laws against teasing or making isolated comments. The problem is this behavior can lead to harassment when it's so frequent and severe that it creates a hostile work environment. It's in the business's best interest to eliminate the behavior altogether. One of the best ways to accomplish this is to create, implement, and enforce Anti-harassment policies. Additionally, sexual harassment training for both employees and supervisors will help eliminate the harassment type behaviors. As an employer, it's your responsibility to provide a safe work safe work environment for all of your employees. Moreover, a safe and positive working environment will encourage positive relationships, boost morale, and enhance productivity. It should be noted that not all states require sexual harassment training, and those that do may require different types of training. HR experts. Highly encourage all businesses to conduct training with both employees and supervisors in an effort to prevent sexual harassment. The bottom line is that employers may be held liable for sexual harassment claims unless they develop, communicate, and enforce policies defining and banning sexual harassment. Therefore, it's critical that you develop an anti harassment policy for your company. doesn't matter how big or how small your company is. You should reference your state laws for specifics regarding policies. Store your policy in the employee handbook the rest of your company policies. And when you distribute an employee handbook to a new employee or a new version of your employee handbook to all employees, be sure to collect the sign-off and store it in the personnel file. Um, It's very important that you understand um, the definition of sexual harassment in the state of Illinois. I'd encourage you to Google that and, uh, again, communicate the way the law defines sexual harassment for managers and employees so they can consider real-life examples and identify the unwanted behaviors. Give relevant examples. Share uh, relevant examples of different types of harassment so employees will learn to recognize physical and verbal uh, forms of sexual harassment. For example, you could use current video segments as, in, as examples and ask employees to identify sexual harassment behaviors, physical examples, verbal examples, and nonverbal examples, and share tips to avoid the harasser label. Nobody wants to be inadvertently Um, mistaken for the predator provide tips on ways employees can be mindful of their behavior in the workplace to avoid that gray zone and um, make sure you provide a safe space for questions and uh, and 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 discussion about what is appropriate and uh, make sure you uh, you create an open uh, discussion about why sexual harassment has become an issue and why there's harm in the behavior recognize the training session as a safe place to ask questions and start conversations and communicate clear directions on filing complaints, give employers and employees several specific people in the organization that they could turn to with questions and complaints to point more than one person to take complaints or questions, preferably one of each sex. This may help with an employee uh, and uh, it's important that every company uh, has that process in place. So to success, let's get down to business. If you have questions, contact our friends at TandemHR, TandemHR.com. Give them a call, 630-928-0510. We'll talk to you next Sunday, 6 p.m. right here at 856 for The Answer.